This is the Value Investor Podcast with Tracy Reinick. All things value, all the time. Welcome back, value investors. So I have a bit of housekeeping to do before we jump into this week's episode. And it's about last week's episode, which some of you found out as you were listening, actually cut off early for some unknown reason, which we can't figure out. So I wanted to give you all the stocks that are in the rest of that episode. Now we have uploaded the full episode again, but just in case you can't find it or you don't want to go back and um, try to figure out you know, where it cut off and where you didn't hear everything that was going on, I'm just going to repeat the stocks on this episode. So the episode was the investor's secret weapon, the peg ratio. And so these were some cool stocks. And I know many of you were frustrated when it just cut off. So just to recap, the stocks in that episode were Exxon, which is XOM, Pfizer, PFE, CF Industries, CF, that's the fertilizers. And then maybe the last two possibly might have gotten cut off. Comerica was number four. It's a Texas bank. CMA is the ticker. It has a PEG ratio of 0.5 and a PE of just 16.6. It uh, just reported earnings this week, actually, the week of uh, when I'm recording this, January 19th. So they beat by five cents. So some of their estimates are going to start to change here. and We'll see if they get a boost on 2022 here yet, um, because there is a bit of an estimate decline expected for 2022. But the banks, their earnings are going to be all over the place because the analysts are not yet pricing in any of the Fed increases until the Fed actually starts increasing. <laughs> then, they, then they'll price it in. So... Keep that in mind when you're looking at the banks. So that was Comerica, CMA. And then the final stock was Crocs, ticker C-R-O-X. It has a PEG ratio of 0.85, a PE of just around 12.8. And they're expected to grow earnings 30% here in 2022. Um, And then revenue up another 20%. They just bought Hey Dude. Shares are a little bit out of favor here, even though they've had a, a great ride over the last, you know, 16 months or so, but uh, over the last month, they're down 14%. So could be a buying opportunity maybe in Crocs if you're looking for the retail side. And shoes are always popular coming out of recessionary periods or like troubled times because shoes are an easy way to update your wardrobe and they're kind of cheap and you can Uh, buy fun shoes that uh, make you feel better, basically. So Crocs kind of falls in that category, C-R-O-X. Then I did mention some of the stocks that I did not include, but that showed up in the screen. So I'm just going to mention them real quickly again. Um, Asbury and Penske, two of the auto retailers were on the list. ABG and PAG are the tickers. Avis Budget, C-A-R, was on the list. On the um, other retail side, Macy's was on there, ticker M. Uh, Toyota was one of the uh, automakers. TM is the ticker. Schwab was on here. They just reported earnings, so you should go check and see what happened with that earnings report. And then Toll Brothers was also on this list. T-O-L is the ticker there. But Toll and a lot of the home builders could be having a little more rocky road 
going forward here in 2022, not with demand at all, but simply because those rising rates could uh, throw a little bit of a kink into who can buy the homes, how many cancellations they may have, whether or not they can keep raising the price as commodity prices rise. So some analysts downgrading the home builders here, even though they're all dirt cheap, we know how cheap they are. And I have sold Toll Brothers out of the Zacks Value Investor Portfolio. We owned it a little over a year, I believe. And um, we've sold MDC Holdings, ticker MDC for that one. Also another home builder, not on the luxury side, but for the same reasons. So if we owned any home builders, we were just cashing in some nice gains we had. We're moving to the sidelines and um, you know, waiting to see if these shares go a lot cheaper on basically some kind of you know panic over the housing market, which I think is unwarranted. But I'm willing to wait on the sidelines and see if I can get in cheaper. So that was just what happened in last week's episode. So it is now corrected on uh, the various sites. So if you're on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you listen to us, you can go listen to it. But I just recapped everything, so you probably don't need to do that anymore. And now we're going to jump into this week's episode, which is also an interesting one because now is the time to be a value investor. So the growth stocks continue to sink here. And I know many of us value investors are watching these to see if there's going to be any deals among the wreckage. I mean, we'd be fools not to, right? But one vital thing to keep in mind when you're looking for those deals among all those stocks is that really the companies must make money now. The speculative period we've been in for the last two years with easy money and, you know, the Fed buying and, um, you know, just kind of this free for all good times that is now ending the fed is is going to be tightening here and raising rates so i've always said that the value investors can own the fangs or the fang men type stocks you know facebook amazon netflix google microsoft apple nvidia is in fang men <laughs> um and now i guess that's going to change because now we have the meta and meta I don't know, maybe we'll have two M's. I don't know. We'll have to figure out, you know, a new a new term. Um, but we never really changed it when Alphabet went, you know, from Google to Alphabet. So I say we just keep Pigman. But anyways, these companies are all making money, lots and lots of it. And they have a ton of cash. Some pay dividends. Others are buying back shares by the billions. Some of them, like Microsoft, is now, you know, buying in these big deals like they did with the Activision Blizzard uh, deal that they just announced. So those stocks are in a little bit different position than some of the other growth stocks that do not make any money and are not expected to make any money even, you know, through this year or maybe even into next year, 2023. And this year is really when the recovery is going to take hold. So I've always said if you can't make money when we having GDP above 3% and unemployment under 4% and still fairly accommodated Fed, even though they're tightening, it's still going to be low and accommodative. If you're not making money during all those kinds of conditions, when will you? So in a rising rate environment, you want real earnings. There are now pressures on all companies, the higher labor costs, the higher commodity costs, the transportation supply chain issues, even a company that 
relies on knowledge workers like a JP Morgan, you know, is having to raise salaries in order to be competitive out there and get the talent. Maybe they're, um, you know, paying more to have people work from home and having to buy, you know, more types of equipment or things like that. So um, even they're seeing these pressures. So as value investors, we need to find cheap earnings and cheap sales, but they have to have both. They have to have the earnings and the and and the sales. So we are often mocked for investing in boring companies or old school industries. Why buy GM or Ford when you can own Tesla? Why buy a bank when there is Coinbase? Those kinds of things. But one of the oldest companies on the planet that is still active, still out there making money is Lloyd's of London. And what do they do? Of course, insurance. That's basically the among the oldest professions is insurance. And what has Warren Buffett and Berkshire Hathaway gotten rich off of over the last 50 years? Geico, the insurance. And he's even owned insurance companies amongst his portfolio. So um, remember the story of my 92-year-old friend, Ed. I've talked about him on other podcasts numerous times. I'm going to try, like I said, to have him on a podcast here in 2022. But he's grown his portfolio from 50,000 in 1990 to about 5 million in 2021 by owning no tech stocks, but just owning big cap companies that dominate their industries and that pay dividends. So he owns Sherwin-Williams, where he used to work. He owns Ford, he said. He owned Bank of America because when Warren Buffett went in there uh, after the Great Recession, when he bought that big position, so did Ed and Bank of America breaking out to new highs here in 2021 and now again in 2022. And he uses the dividend payments from all these companies to buy new positions and add and grow his portfolio further. Of course, you could just take the income and you know use it to live off of or whatnot as well. Um, so while I have a stock uh, wish list for the growth stocks, for sure, I've mentioned this many times, I have a list that I'm watching, they have to get a lot cheaper. And they have to get, you know, kind of in my wheelhouse as a value investor. They have to have earnings and they have to be growing those earnings. And they have to have, you know, something something uh, real going on there. But let's see what's happening with value stocks on this week's screening. So I'm not screening for any growth stocks because I don't feel like most of them have gotten cheap enough. And I'm not yet willing to do an episode on the Fangman stocks because I'm waiting for all of them to report here. And while some of them have weakened off their highs here in 2022, I don't feel like there's any real screaming deals there. We haven't had capitulation in those stocks yet. So I'm still on the sidelines on those. So, you know, tune in later on this year to see if, uh, you know, we're doing an episode on the Fangman. Then you'll know that they've sold off quite a bit more and maybe look pretty juicy here for us value investors. But this week I'm screening for stocks with the Zacks ranks of ones or twos. So those are the highest, the buys and the strong buys. And I wanted to do the screen of stocks trading near their 52 week highs. So value stocks near those highs within 10% because all the growth stocks are 
you know, getting crushed down. Some of those are down 60%, maybe some are even down 70 now. And so why not go the other way? This is the time for us value investors. Let's find some stocks that are still cheap, that have rising earnings estimates, hopefully, with the ones and the twos, and are trading near those 52-week highs. Now, I caveat this by saying, I know many of you don't like buying at 52-week highs. I just did a top stock picks of the week here at Saks. We do it every week, but I was on this week's version. It's on video on our YouTube channel at zax.com slash YouTube. If you want to go check it out. Um, I did it and Kevin Cook was also on this week's top stock picks. And we pick a Zach's number one rank and we just talk about it. And I chose ExxonMobil for my number one. Uh, XOM, again, is the ticker for that one. And they are trading at new multi-year highs. It's not all-time highs, not quite yet, but it is at new multi-year highs. And Ford is the stock that Kevin did. And that one, too, is trading near all-time highs and actually did make the screen that I just screened. Exxon did not make the screen. I wonder why. Um, but Ford did make the screen. So... I got some tweets back at me saying, how dare you recommend these two stocks on their all-time high? They've been running for months now or years, and you know they're, they're, there's nothing left in the tank for these stocks, except both of them are trading cheap. Both of them are under 15 times on the PE, and Exxon, as we know, has the low peg and it pays the dividend of over 4% for Exxon. So do I think that the run is over on these? No, um, because that's why we're buying the cheap stocks, right? They still have attractive valuations. So I do know that it's hard to buy a stock after it's had a big run, especially value stocks where you don't really trust it. So a lot of the comments I got about the top stock picks of the week were on Exxon, not so much on Ford, because people don't trust those energy stocks. And I get it. I've been in energy for 20 years in my own personal portfolio. <laughs> I've had the ups and downs, and they have been in a bear market for the last 13 years. And let's be honest, Ford and some of the other automakers outside of Tesla haven't been all that great either over the last 10 years. So there's a lot of suspicion with value stocks um, hitting new highs. And if, you know, it can continue because during bear markets, it does not continue. So keep that in mind. And I've kept that in mind. So I ran this screen, which also did include the Zach's value uh, style score of A. And the style score includes things like PE, price to sales and various other like, you know, good fundamental metrics. So the screen does not search for those fundamentals because the style score should pick up um, those in there. And it gave me back 31 companies. So that's a pretty good little list. And I only picked out three this week because I just felt maybe we need to wait for some more earnings to come in before we look at even more but I did want to cover, you know, several of them. And so it gave me some interesting names that we haven't talked that much about recently. So that was good. So let's dive right in. So the first stock is AbbVie, ticker ABBV. We've talked about it on various podcasts in the past. It's been cheap forever. Warren Buffett's Berkshire Hathaway bought it. Let me think now, over a year ago, now a year and a half ago, maybe it was. 
Um, I'm surprised he took him that long to get in it, given how cheap it was trading around eight times. I own it in the Zach's Value Investor. We bought it in, I want to say, 2019 before the pandemic. Uh, didn't go anywhere for a while. Then it had a little bit of rally. Then it hadn't gone anywhere for a while. Now it's trading back near uh, at those new highs. It's one of the grinder stocks, as I like to call it. So AbbVie, big pharmaceutical company, $241 billion market cap. They did buy Allergan a couple of years ago now, the maker of Botox. That's been a big driver for them. But they have a lot of balls in the air and things going on. But still is cheap even at these highs pe of 9.7 so still trading under 10 times dividend they've always paid this big dividend to try to reward those of us who've been around a while and it's still yielding over four percent even at the new highs at 4.1 percent that's pretty nice little dividend there earnings expected to be up 20 percent in 2021 so we're going to find out if they did it um, on this next earnings report, which is coming on February 2nd. February 2nd, Abby will be reporting uh, next year. The analysts are still pretty bullish, expecting 11.2% on earnings growth. That's a nice number for a company of this size in the pharmaceutical space. Now, Abby shares have been hitting these new highs because a lot of people consider it to be kind of a safe haven stock. It's clearly not a growth stock. And it clearly has real earnings and pays a dividend. So these kinds of stocks should do fairly well in a rising rate environment. And that's why it's you know getting a lot of interest recently and hitting these new highs. So I also own AbbVie in my own personal portfolio um, as well, again, is it is in the Zach's value investor portfolio as well. So that's AbbVie, ticker ABBV as in Victor. And so moving on to the second stock is the Andersons, uh, one of my favorites. A-N-D-E is the ticker. I've mentioned them off and on on the podcast in the past whenever the farming agriculture side heats up. So they've actually gotten a lot smaller over the years since I first started talking about them. They used to have a retail division and they just sold their rails division. So now they are in, uh, they call it trading, biofuels and plant nutrients. Those are their three divisions. But um, the trading is the one that owns the 70 grain terminals around the United States. They also have this farm to market business where they can pick up the grain from the farmers and take it to the market. So the farmer doesn't have to worry about the logistics of doing it all. Um, I kind of like all that business. So they're in the business to help the farmers. Uh, they also have sell the plant nutrients. So they do not manufacture the potash, the phosphates, the nitrogens, the urea, any of that. They don't make it, but they are distributing it to the farmers because you know, if you're like a smaller time farmer, you're not able to just go to, you know, Mosaic and say, hey, I need a little bit of fertilizer. You need to go to a distributor of it. And that's what the Andersons is. So and then they also have the ethanol, the biofuel side. So what's going on with them? We only have one estimate on them in uh, onsax.com because they're small cap market cap of just one point two billion. They're in Ohio. They've uh, kind of been family owned. That's why it's called the Andersons for all those years, obviously now publicly traded. 
So a lot of people kind of miss out on the Andersons. They are a Zach's number one right now, but we only have that one estimate, as I said. And so it all depends on what that analyst are, is saying, right? But things have been pretty bullish over there. In 2021, they did grow earnings almost 3,000%. So 2020, a nasty year. 2021, not so much, up to $2.76. In 2022, expected to be down 17% to 229, but remember they just sold the rails division, so I'm not sure how much of that is in the rails going away. So keep that in mind. So I'm not thinking it's as much of a value trap as it may appear to be. So people need to tune into their earnings on this next quarter to find out what is happening here in 2022 with agriculture, but it is a hot area um, and has been throughout the pandemic as food has been vital. Obviously <laughs> we need it, but uh, everything in the food complex has entered into a bullish type market here. So again, they're reporting in February. So check out what's happening with the Andersons. Now, they're not as cheap as AbbVie. They're trading at 16.8 times because of this recent rally, which really happened at the end of December. They haven't done much here in 2022, just kind of hanging out, waiting to see. If these shares fall back more, I'll be even more interested. I'm kind of kicking myself for not getting in them last year. Um, but there's always another chance, right? There's always a pullback or a correction of some kind. They also pay a dividend. They've always been shareholder friendly and it's yielding 1.9% here at this level. So that's the Andersons, A-N-D-E. And then the third stock that I'm going to cover today is Ingredion, ticker I-N-G-R. This one is very rarely talked about. I'm kind of always surprised by this. They used to be called Corn Products, but they changed their name numerous years ago to Ingredion to better reflect what they do. So they're ingredient solutions for bakeries, dairy, beverage, and they have plant-based meat alternatives. That's the hot area, right? But again, everything with food is very hot right now. And so Ingredient is in that hotness of the, of the food industry. So in 2021, earnings expected to be up 10.9%, which is pretty strong for this type of company. 2022, up 4.6, but we'll see when they report earnings, uh, if they're given any guidance. We only have one estimate on Ingredient as well, even though they're a $6.7 billion company, this area is just not really well covered. It's kind of been down on its luck over the last decade or so. So a lot of the analysts have jumped off, just not the glamour area that, you know, the the big brokerages want to cover. Unfortunate for them because, again, things are heating up in the food area. Um, this one kind of reminds me a lot of like a Bungie or um, Archer Daniel Midland on the ingredients side. And they're in, uh, I believe they're headquartered in Illinois as well as some of those others, because uh, this is where a lot of the food ingredients are done, right? So they're pretty cheap right here. PE of 13.9, dividend is 2.6. So you are getting a decent dividend. It is a Zach's number two buy here. They're reporting earnings in early February. So you might want to tune in to see exactly what they're saying, especially on these ones that are very uh, you know, lightly covered 
at least sensex.com, it, you know, there's no other way to get any information except from the company themselves and what's going on there. So earnings on February 3rd, 2022 here, February 3rd. Um, so that's ingredient INGR. So uh, again, I'm only doing the three stocks today, but um, you got a few bonuses from last week if you didn't tune into that one. So I'll give you a few there. But there are plenty of value stocks right now that have growing earnings. Uh, they have, you know, real sales. Uh, they are trading near their highs. Things are looking good, even though the stock is still cheap. And um, there's just a lot of places you could be investing in instead of trying to chase growth stocks that may have no earnings and very little or even no sales right now, or like the meme stocks or the SPACs or, you know, these other more speculative areas. There is a lot of good things going on out there on the value side. And I reconfirm what I said when this year started off, this is the most excited I've been to be a value investor in a long, long time. So this is our time and there's plenty of value stocks out there, but keep your wish list for those growth stocks. That's what I'm doing because if I can get a 10%, 15% or even maybe 20% pullback in some of you know, the uh, high quality growth names like the Fangmans or the Fangs, um, or others that you know are making the earnings and uh, you know have the strong sales growth, then that's when I want to buy. Those are the ones that are going to be on sale. But otherwise, for all the rest, I'm on the sidelines with those. I no longer own them in Zach's Value Investor portfolio. We got rid of any and all of our growthy type of stocks for now. And I don't own them in my own uh portfolios as well. I, I also sold out of any of those more speculative plays, but still owning the fangmans of the world that are paying me dividends, doing share buybacks, um, or acquiring $70 billion gaming companies. So keep that in mind. So let me recap the stocks I talked about on this episode. There were the ones from the other episode, but just to confirm, the last two stocks on the last episode were Comerica, CMA, and Crocs, C-R-O-X. Go check those out. And then on this week's episode, we had, um, what did we have? We had AbbVie, how could I forget them? A-B-B-V. We had the Andersons, A-N-D-E, and we had Ingredient, I-N-G-R. There were a lot of banks on this list too because the banks are trading near their highs and still cheap and have the rising earnings estimates too. But I'm gonna have to devote a whole episode of the podcast to the banks. I'm gonna have to do another deep dive. I did one a couple of years ago when I thought the banks might be rallying, but that was just a fake out. I think it was probably back in like 2017 or thereabouts. So I have to go find out what I did on that one and um, try to you know do an update now because this is the real deal now, the real bull market in the banks um, and that type of financial. So be sure to tune in in the next couple of weeks. A lot going on and I'll be bringing it all to you so you can get us on Apple Podcasts, you can get us on Spotify, we're on Amazon Music, we're on SoundCloud, but you gotta search for Zach's Market Edge. You can also get that podcast. So I do two podcasts every week. You can get both of them on SoundCloud or you can get the Market Edge also on all the other platforms. 
but be sure to tune in and I'll be bringing you more value stocks next week. This material is being provided for informational purposes only, and nothing herein constitutes investment, legal, accounting, or tax advice, or a recommendation to buy, sell, or hold a security. Do not act or rely upon the information and advice given in this podcast without seeking the services of competent and professional legal, tax, or accounting counsel. Publication and distribution of this podcast is not intended to create, and the information contained herein does not constitute an attorney-client relationship. No recommendation or advice is being given as to whether any investment or strategy is suitable for a particular investor. It should not be assumed that any investments in securities, companies, sectors, or markets identify described were or will be profitable. All information is current as of the date herein and is subject to change without notice. Any views or opinions expressed may not reflect those of Zach's investment research as a whole.